I have this new tagline, which is an open mind is the most educated mind. It doesn't matter what form of education you've had. An open mind is the most educated mind. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What is your team culture like? What is your leadership style? How do you make decisions? These are all questions my client was recently asked. These questions came from different people, their current team, people who they were interviewing, who wanted to work for them, even their mentee. They all wanted to know, what's it like to work for you, to learn from you? And when I started working with this client, they had some generic answers that they could speak to each of these questions, but sometimes they weren't as confident in their answers as they'd like to be. Now they're able to confidently describe with examples, the cultures of their team their leadership style and how they make decisions aligned to what's important to them by describing their values, how they model those values and how they reward and recognize those behaviors. Can you answer those questions for yourself? Let's dig into these together. Join us in the catch crew, a place to grow your career intentionally, to get the skills to intentionally grow your career and your teams through your own leadership. When you join, you get instant access to team building tools, including values first, the course, a video-based course that highlights the most important exercises from my book, values first. You get the tools you need to build the life, career, and team culture that you want. Go to the catchgroup.com slash catch crew. That's the catchgroup.com slash catch crew. Welcome to this week's episode of You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. In this week's conversation, I'm really excited for you to meet Manal Keen. Manal is a business executive with over 15 years of experience in optimizing organizational performance. She takes pride in her tenacious leadership style, exceptional problem-solving skills, and ability to foster strong relationships with both internal and external partners. As a leader, she loves nothing more than fostering productive partnerships between executive leadership and cross-functional teams. She believes this is key to driving operational success and intuitive decision-making within large teams. Manal is passionate about promoting diversity in asset management and providing essential resources to underprivileged communities. She teaches finance at the University of North Texas and is the host of Power Up with Manal, a podcast designed to bring clarity and focus into our lives. In our discussion, we talked about Manel's experience as an expat in high school and then moving to the United States and how that taught her to navigate different cultures and spaces. We also talked about the importance of having an open mind 
and how being comfortable with change enabled her to gain critical experiences in her career in banking, spanning several sectors, and how now she teaches others how to navigate change. We also talked about her experience with burnout, being an overachiever, a perfectionist, and how hard it is to lessen our high expectations that we have of ourselves and of our own success. She shares a personal example of failure that happened later in her career and what she learned from that to build a new lens of success for herself. We talked about that and so many other things. Let's get started. Well, I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm just so excited to have you here. We were um, connected by a mutual um, connection. And I think in our first meeting, we just like talked so much (laughs) and had like so many things that we were like, okay, we have to do this podcast. So I'm so excited that you're here. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I mean, I think like there's so much to talk about, especially like just from life and work and all the changes we're going through. Like it's just such a great evolution, I think, of time and humanity and us being connected by others and and enjoying those conversations teaches us that we are still human and that connectivity and community is so important, maybe more important today than it ever has been, you know? It is. And what I loved about our first connection was that you connected me with so many other things. And so I think that is just kind (laughs) of who you are and what you do, which I love You're a connector. And so I'd love to hear just more about you and understand your growing up. What was it like wherever you grew up with your family? And then, and tell us a bit about how you got into the space that you're in, in terms of career and that career story. hundred percent, hundred percent. This is going to be fun. So um, what's interesting is I, you know, did not grow up in the United States. And so I grew up in the late 80s and 90s in Saudi Arabia before the Internet age. So when you grow up in a country that, you know, is a little more reserved and closed, you grow up in a little bit of a bubble. Like I went to an expat um, high school, right? Uh, every student there had a parent that was uh, working as an expat in the country. So we were like, if you look at my, and this is like probably something I didn't realize how beautiful this experience was. But if you look at like my graduation picture, which isn't a lot, right? It's like a hundred something students. We literally look like the children of the United Nations. Like <laughs> there's everybody there because, you know, people from Europe, Australia, South South Asia, East Asia, the U.S. I mean, everybody was sort of Middle East, other parts of the Middle East, like so many expats were working there and we were sort of in this melting pot. And it's interesting because I went to two private schools. So I went to, I started off in the American based curriculum private school then I shifted to the um British you know curriculum private school so yeah I mean like I had I was spelling things wrong all the time although they were correct in the context I was in (laughs) but what's interesting about that I think is that like I did grow up in a little bit of a bubble it was before the Google age there were probably books you know that we weren't allowed to be taught or subjects that weren't allowed you know there were restrictions And so when I shifted over, um, I moved to the U.S. right after my O-levels and I moved to Texas, there was, it was like a big 
I think in my mind, and maybe this is why I've become the person I am, big educational or maybe like absorption of like different cultures, culture shock, maybe a little bit, education, knowledge that I didn't have, learning about different ideals and individuals. Like you quickly learn that you don't have to really agree with somebody to respect them. I learned that growing up, right? Like there were very strict country rules and it didn't matter whether my parents agreed with them or I agreed with them. We had to respect them, right? And you, if you're ingrained with that, I think as you move through, you know, young adult life and and having relationships and building friends and um, then going into like the corporate world, like I did, like, I think that was one of the strongest bases that I took with me that I didn't realize until later on in my life reflecting. And I'm like, wow, like, I guess I didn't realize how much that carried with me because, you know, and obviously we have had a lot of the digital age and the information age has created a lot of disparities in society, right? Like uh, whether it's political views, whether it's religious ideals, whether it's whatever it may be, right? Like there's so many disagreements today and strong opinions, but we're forgetting to learn that like you can have these opinions but we are all individuals with different walks of life and different teachings and different journeys. And we have to come together and A, one, respect each other's opinions, even if we don't agree. And B, like, we can't make progress unless we actually communicate with each other and talk and be open. I have this new tagline, which is an open mind is the most educated mind. It doesn't matter what form of education you've had. An open mind is the most educated mind. And so, you know, as I sort of came to the U.S. and I I went into finance because I was strong in math, as most people are in other parts of the world. And so I was like, oh, this is, uh, you know, uh, something I can do. And so I got into banking and my banking career was very interesting. So I've been in many different sectors of banking. I started out in, you know, home lending, mortgage space, mortgage servicing, moved into um, the iBank, investment banking, ran strategy there, treasury, um, wholesale payments, embedded payments. Uh, so it was a quite extensive journey, but I, I feel like two things. One, I always moved, even if it was lateral, industries within the sector I was in because I was comfortable with change. And I guess, you know, when you grow up in, you know, different countries, move countries at younger ages, I think you, you, that is natural. Um, so I am blessed to have that. And now I teach others how to embrace change because unless we embrace change and put ourselves in situations where we have to be comfortable in the most uncomfortable situations, we are not going to grow, you know, and that evolution of growth is so important, especially if you are a leader, an executive, an entrepreneur, like these are, these are mindset evolution growths that you need in order to, you know, be successful. And so, and I wasn't always perfect, trust me, like I've gone through burnout and I've gone through uh, massive, you know, um, uh, hitting uh, walls and uh, questioning my choices and, um, you know, maybe not being very secure in my choices, right? Like, you know, so you have to be your own cheerleader and you forget that at times. And you're like, then when you reflect, which is something I feel when we are busy 
And as a lot of individuals these days are, we live in a busy world, whether it be work and dependence and, you know, following our passions and trying to be creatives, but also having, you know, um, structure, also trying to be a good friend and, and go have fun. And like, there's so many aspects we're trying to put, put into a very short span. And, you know, I think as we are, are busy, avoidance of self is very common right? We avoid feelings that are maybe things that we need to tackle. Like most of us probably that have gone through maybe strong bouts of burnout have probably faced understanding this in their unconscious mind quite a bit. We just ignored it. We ignored all the symptoms, you know, who cares? Who cares if I have migraines? Who cares if I, you know, <laughs> have um, exhaustion and, you know, can't get out of bed in the morning because I've been working like, you know, 16 hour days and also handling the kids and this and that. Like we just, like, we're ignoring symptoms that are real. And I think being where I am today, I did leave the banking world for a little bit. Uh, I did individual consulting. I learned that, you know, with the challenges that I had in the, banking sector, look, I had a great career. I'm blessed to have moved my career in multiple phases. I'm blessed to have learned the things that I learned because I left when I left <laughs> that, you know, private and companies and maybe other firms don't really focus on, you know, infrastructure as much as the banking world taught me to learn. Like financial discipline and rigor was something that was ingrained in us. Um, there's something that's just not taught very well for individuals that are out there, you know, starting businesses, small businesses, mid-sized businesses, even private companies, right? And so I was able to give that gift through my consultancy to others. Um, when I left, I sort of, you know, had individually consulted to for different, you know, boutique firms. I think that journey really taught me a lot about the balance of worlds, right? Like I came from a very structured world and I was very structured, girl, I was so structured. <laughs> I was like, you know, overachiever, perfectionist, you know, th that comes with outcomes that I wasn't ready to accept. Like I wasn't, even though I would speak about it as a leader and I would tell my team, like, it's okay to make bad decisions. You know, you have to learn from, you know, your faults and you move forward and that's how you get good at making decisions internally when it was myself making a bad decision or myself not succeeding at something i was so hard on myself like like unrealistically hard and and not healthy and these are things i had to come to terms with as i reached out and i learned i learned from entrepreneurs and startup entrepreneurs that i was you know consulting with like oh my god they just took you know, the bull by the horns, you know, whatever the, the phrase is. And they just were all like, well, this is going to be risky and I might fail, but Hey, I got to try. And I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is so beautiful. And, you know, and I learned when I was consulting that they, it needed to be some, that we needed to find that balance, that balance of having that mind that I need to go out there and there's new things happening and there's new technologies. And I just need to try and rapid prototype until I, I succeed. And I might, fail 10 times and then me coming in and helping them sort of put some guardrails in place so they can continuously try that right and do that with the right you know infrastructure and structure and the right employee model and being agile enough to shift as they needed to shift and so having and that, that goes back to having an open mind right having that open mind taught me that what I did before wasn't right for the future and how do I learn from others who are doing things that I would never do that way. And I, I think that's the best way to learn is 
listening to other people's decision-making framework, why they take risk, why they're doing things a certain way, how they process information. And it's so fascinating. The human mind is so fascinating that one simple concept can be seen 25 different ways by you know different individuals. And we don't take enough time to learn how others are processing and thinking because that is our biggest teacher. Our biggest teachers are people. And, you know, and I learned that and I'm humbled and proud to have been part of that journey. And I'm also a little proud of my, you know, structured self to be very unstructured for the last three to four years. (laughs) I love that you highlighted how you in corporate, you would tell people that failing was okay, but on the inside, it didn't, it was not it was not something that you were okay with, with yourself. And so now it feels like through consulting, you're able to help people that were not like you put some guardrails around some of their, you know, risk. Right. But do you have an example of in your, in your own work where you've kind of let the failure actually happen and you, you are able to see kind of that, that rapid, that rapid failure that you mentioned. Yes. hundred percent. I am going to use this example because I feel like I, I want people to know that sometimes failure is not early on in your career. Like it can be after having a great career of 18 years and being in the C-suite and, you know, being an executive and leading large teams, like it can happen later in your life. It can happen throughout, but your major, you know, moments could happen later. And I, I feel like that's important to say, because I think we take it harder as we're more tenured because we're like, well, we should know this, right? Yeah. Um. So I came into a crossroads when I left the banking world. I did join other corporate roles in different industries, but, you know, I didn't realize I wasn't ready for an executive role. I was in executive roles. Now I I came from corporate and executive roles. I was, you know, heading strategy and finance, but there were, there was a moment in my life where my entire being and my ecosystem didn't allow for that. And I didn't want myself to accept that. I was dealing with, you know, my child was going through, she was a teen, she was preteen, she was going through you know, very uh, complex situation um, that she needed her mom, right? And, you know, we, this is another thing that, you know, we'll talk about maybe another podcast, but, you know, parent guilt exists, especially when you have a robust career, right? So my daughter was sort of going through something that she really needed me on. My son is, you know, finishing his last couple of years of high school and he needs us more than ever to sort of help him. You know, he's a very self-sufficient kid. We're blessed, but, you know, kind of more, more in tuned with, you know, what he needs to do in the future and where, where he's going to go. And then on top of that, I just moved from high exec role to just another even higher exec role. And, I, and I've spoken about this in other sort of podcasts, like we have this ideal that we have this life and, and you know, you have work and career and, and, you know, somewhere together and then you got family and you got passions and, and everything is like in these boxes. But the thing is we're, we're in one ecosystem, like we're a circuit and we're in, everything's integrated together. And I did not reflect or, you know, sit back and tell myself that, oh my gosh, this is not what my life, the cards that I'm dealt with today I personally cannot handle it because A, 
for the first time in my life, this is so hard to say, to say, but I really did not succeed in the role I was in. I knew the role. I could have done it with my eyes closed if I was the old Manal, honestly. But like, I think I couldn't remember things, which has never happened to me. I'm like so on point, right? I was, you know, very emotional. I was on this emotional roller coaster. I was, you know, failing in many aspects of my life. Um, and I say that loosely, right? Like failing's okay, right? But there were many parts of my life falling apart. Like everything was falling, you know? And I, I, it was, there was so much I could pick up, right? Like it was just kind of like this boulder that was like crushing me. And, and it was really a time where I needed to heal. I think personally, like, I had to heal from many things and I wasn't allowing that healing and also trying to run, you know, being an exec and, and being super mom and being a wife that needed to be there for her husband. Like it was just all crashing. And I, I crashed on all fronts, to be honest. And within six months, this was the hardest pill to swallow of being in the role. I actually had to quit. Like I had to call my incredible CFO who I reported into. And I, I had to be like, look on paper. Yes. I'm the right person for this role. I was like, but right now for the first time in my life, like, I don't even know who I am, you know? And I, I have to put my notice and it was like the saddest thing I've ever done. Like, and I had to go and heal, but, but then the world opened up in many different ways from that acceptance. Right. I then launched my podcast. I started writing books because I love academia. I, that's just who I am. Like it, I'm, it makes me so excited to like read and write. Like, it's just who I am. You know, I'm just a big nerd. And, you know, I was there for my daughter and I could see her heal because her mother was there coaching her. And, you know, like it was just the world crashed but then it opened up into a phase that I don't think I would have ever been in if I did not leave my career. And so I do feel like that was one of my biggest failures and how I sort of got out of it was I crashed first. And then after, <laughs> after I crashed, it was a lot of reflection. I think we don't do enough self-reflection. It was a lot of, look, I don't need to go and achieve my goals overnight. It's okay for me to be slow. I'm never slow. That's not, that's a problem. So I had to purposefully slow down. And there were moments where I was totally, my emotions got out of hand and I'm like, oh my God, like I should be doing this faster. And I'm like, wait, why am I being so hard on myself? Right. You gotta, you gotta reflect. You gotta talk to yourself. You gotta understand when, why things are the way they are. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you're in the trough and you have to dig your way out and digging your way out equates to slow, steady goals and uh, celebrating small wins and, you know, stepping, stoning yourself out of where you've been and maybe even being okay that if you you end up coming out into a different path that you did not build in your mind that that is where your career was going to be or well, who you were going to be. And I think that was probably my biggest failure and learning in life. And it happened after having an amazing career. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Are you in a new role or transitioning to a new role soon? Have you thought about how you will transition into your new role intentionally? 
How do you create boundaries to sustain your energy and prioritize the things that matter most to you? How would it feel to go into your new role feeling prepared with an intentional plan to prioritize the most important things and still have energy to tackle the things that will inevitably come your way? These are the kinds of things that leaders are working on in the catch crew. The catch crew is our community to build your career intentionally, whether that means transitioning into a new role, building or reinforcing your team culture or planning your next role. When you join, you get instant access to career transition tools, including values first, the course, a video-based course that highlights the most important exercises from my book, values first. You'll get the tools you need to build the life, career, and team culture that you want. Go to thecatchgroup.com slash catchcrew. That's thecatchgroup.com slash catchcrew. We're having our next monthly catch up soon. Can't wait to see you there. I love that you shared that example of later in career, because I think, like you said, like it feels like sometimes in those big roles, we should have it figured out. And it really sounds like you were, you were in burnout there, right? You are not, you are not yourself. You felt like you were failing on all fronts, but you realized that that's the thing that you needed to do for your family, yourself, and for the company, it seems like too. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all trying to achieve the same thing, unless you're just, you know, an exception, but like nobody wants to sabotage the company they're working for or their family, right? Everybody's trying. And that's the other thing, right? Like this was another hard piece. We are so ingrained with, you know, societal norms, you know, and I'm going to put them in quotes and that creates things that don't let us sort of be free. Like we fear judgment, whether we say it or not, like there's this fear of judgment. There's this fear of not being included or being part of something that you feel like you should be right. Um, Like being, being, sometimes you need to go off on your path and be a lone ranger for yourself. And, and, you know, you don't, you you get a lot of, I would say, presumed judgments, you know, that look at X, Y, Z, whatever, you know, like you, you hear a lot about it, but you have to sometimes recognize that's the right thing for you. And, and I think it's okay communicating that and, and letting people know that are in your lives. Like, look, I've gone through a really hard time. And I'm going to take some time for myself and I might not be as available. No, I'm always here, but like, I need to go and focus on myself. There's so much space that I can, you know, do so many things. Right. I don't think that that's not okay. Like it's okay to be vulnerable at times. And I learned that as a leader, you know, we grew up in this like, you know, stoic leader sort of personality where you didn't talk about your emotions and you didn't put it on your sleeve and same thing, right? Like, you're, you're the super mom. So you don't show your kids your emotions. And, you know, I, I had to change myself. I did change. Like I'm more vulnerable about who I am. I, when things are not going right, I I speak about it, you know, before I didn't, I kept it in because I had to be perfect, you know, <laughs> and, and I had to learn to be okay with societal judgment. Unfortunately, everybody's not going to see the path you're on. Nope. Sometimes they're not going to understand the path you're on. That's the hardest. Like I had to accept that people I love in my life may not understand this. This idea of like, 
why why did you leave that big job kind of thing and do this other path? Why Was did that... you leave the big job? Why can't you come, you know, why don't you host, you know, so whatever party like I used to or, you know, attending like maybe, you know, events or social gatherings, right? That like you used to, because like when you're trying to do it all, you're trying to like be there yeah. for everybody, right? Or I did because I'm I'm just a nurturer by nature. That is my personality. And so you know, it was hard, you know, to, for me to kind of put boundaries and, and not do certain things because I had to handle other things. And, um, you know, it does, you know, it is, it is not easy for me. It wasn't. And that was sort of my learning, you know, that was my journey. Um, and I had to change myself and also accept that sometimes people are not going to understand where you're at. And I do think when you are in a growth phase, especially if you are, building on yourself from a maybe entrepreneurial perspective. And some of us, you know, like myself, I have a lot of dependence. I can't just go and be an entrepreneur. Like I, I am doing that on a rail and working at the same time, you know? So like, obviously that's going a little slower, but that's my passion. And I want to continue building that. And I am, but like that allots for very little space for other things. Right. That's right. Or other individuals. And I don't mean that in a harsh way at all. It's just the reality I'm in. Yeah. And I love that you talked about, it is absolutely about building boundaries. So as you navigate kind of what work looks like now for you, can you tell us about what is that? What are your passions? How are you living those? And how do you keep those boundaries intact as you continue to do now what you want to do? So I realized one of the things that I picked up when I sort of was going through this journey of mine was I, I went back to the university that I did my bachelor's in UNT University of North Texas. And I started teaching a class. It was one, one class, but it was in the finance and investing world that I came from. And I wanted for other young females to see me standing there teaching them. Cause that's not usually who they, who they see. And I just realized if I never went through this turmoil and went back to teach, I don't think I would have ever really sat with myself and tapped into what my passion was. Oh my gosh, like coaching and teaching and, and influencing and, and driving like our future, like just spoke a different language to me. And I had a different, you know, pep in my step. I, I, I speak about it with passion. I genuinely feel it in my core. I know that I want to make an impact in this space. And so I started teaching and then started building on that, on things that I could do to create that. And so when I was doing executive coaching at the same time, you know, I'm also working with a lot of executives. Most of it was mindset. All of it was mindset. 95% of your unconscious state drives your behaviors, your actions, your thoughts, and, and we don't bring our unconscious state to the conscious. We don't. And so we're not taught that either, right? And so I am now building a foundation, a academy that, you know, will launch here in the next 60 to 90 days that is focused on the young adult, 18 to 25, and for everybody, but generally that's the age that's kind of going out there into adulthood um, because we're taught a lot of academia, and technical trades and skills, but we're not really taught, you know, how to deal with failures. What happens when you have too much on your plate and you feel anxiety? How do you handle that? 
Um, what does balance look like in life? How to build relationships, how to brand yourself, um, how to accept and understand what your core foundation and personality is and how to take that strength out because we idolize individuals and we try to be like them. Or, you know, we read books and you're reading books about like, extroverts and you know and how easy it was for them to navigate things but you're not what if you are not that and then how do you do that for yourself right so this academy it has three pillars pillar one is focused on the mind you know um, mindset how to continuously evolve you know learning and understanding yourself and then how to deal with emotional states in life the second piece is really focused on like trades, skills that you need um, in order to succeed in life. Let's say you're a creator and you're really good at digital marketing and you decide that, you know what, college isn't really for me, but you know, I'm, I can really do this um, on, you know, Fiverr, Upwork, and now you're a young adult doing digital marketing. Well, as a young adult doing digital marketing, you're technically now an entrepreneur, right? And are you taught all the things that you need to grow your business? No, right? So this will be like, you know, things that they can pick up and webinars about, you know, how to run their business, manage their pipeline, um, you know, how to, uh, tools and trades that they can have at their fingertip to make themselves more successful. And then the third pillar is going to be focused on um, financial acumen and financial wealth for yourself. Another thing that, you know, a lot of us are not taught we are now in the information age. So now it's a little bit of a catch 22 because you have great information and you can self-teach yourself. But then you also have a lot of misinformation and it's easy to get lost in this turmoil or feel overwhelmed and just not do it, you know? And so that's sort of the third pillar. Um, and so that's what I'm building from an academy perspective. I am writing books, but the books are going to be focused on the youth. Um, and, and this really goes into even the child level. So leadership for children, you know, young children, you know, ages six to 10, and then into teen years and so forth. And then for my career perspective, you know, I love, I, I realized I love teaching, coaching, fixing, solutioning, that is me. And so if I'm going to run a rail where I'm a fractional something, what is it going to be? So I'm a COO of a, a luxury goods firm, because I you know, it helps me fix and put, put processes and solution and help them build their infrastructure. And, you know, and I, I run commercialization for a bank. And so, you know, and that's sort of the same thing, right? It's all solutioning and, and go forward strategy. So I, I try to build on what my passions are, what I'm good at, what makes me tick, and I sort of followed that path. And I could take many paths, right? And and I I I knew that I didn't want to be in certain roles. And I, you know, and it's okay. Sometimes you have to do those roles until you find the one you need, right? We, we have situations in life, but that's sort of what I'm doing now. And um, I have to say, like, it's been a long time since I have personally said this, but I am genuinely happy. Mm. I am happy. My family's happy, right? Like, it's almost like all the pieces came together when I stopped blocking them out and, and really built an ecosystem and a, and a circuit of this life integration, you know? I love that. And it I can feel it from you, kind of this ease and peace about it. And I, I know in our conversations um, in the last 
um, couple of months, you know, you describe lots of things that you do. And it's like so interesting to me because I do lots of different things. I wonder when you describe what you do to people, do they just, just, they're like, you're doing this and this and this and this. And do you, do you get that? Like, how do you do all the things that you do? And, and so, and not be overwhelmed because you have a podcast as well and you're teaching and you have the Academy and you have, you know, your business and working with different organizations, but it doesn't feel like too much, right? It feels like to me when I I get that feedback as well, often, and it feels like, no, I've built kind of the stuff that I'm excited about and I get to I get to decide how I spend my time. Do you feel similarly? Oh my God, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I get that so much. And sometimes, you know, you ask me the question about boundaries. Yeah. I did have to understand also that there are people that will not understand that part of your life. And it's maybe not good to have them in your inner circle, to be honest. And that was a really hard pill to swallow because you need people who are going to be your champions, right? And yes, I get that a lot. Now, most people, it's a compliment, right? When you get that, you're like, okay, you know, obviously when you hear it, you're like, it's a lot. Then I start thinking like, okay, how am I doing all this? And so two things. One, it was, we should we should write a book called The Power of Boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put the boundaries to follow the passions and do the things I needed to do. That was literally step one, because if I did not do that, those things are not going to happen. And I had to accept that also, right. I had to accept that, that I had to accept that boundary was not a negative word. I had to accept that boundary was positive, right. That was important for me. Um, And so, and because I overreached a lot, And so I had to kind of do that as step one. If I want to do, it's, it's, it all goes back to planning. Strategic planning is very important. Understanding your life is very important. I do, and maybe this is a productivity tip for anyone. Everything runs on my calendar. And when I say everything, my kids stuff, my husband and I, whatever we have, whether personal or business, my social gatherings, my events, my my podcast, my business, my work, everything is on one calendar. Now I can manage it, right? I can manage it. Everything is integrated. You know, you you need to be okay seeing you because when you see it holistically, it's almost like a check, right? Like, how are you even going to do this Monday? That's not possible. Now you need to go through it. You need to ship things out. Maybe having a weekly, this doesn't work. You need to have it bi-weekly, right? And start start planning your own life. We don't plan our life like we do plan a business. We're so good at launching a product, right? And you got a strategic plan and you, you know, you got, you know, goals and tasks and mini, mini goals. And, you know, you're working your calendar and everybody has accountability and, and you are going to launch as a super product and you're so good at doing that. But then when it's your own life, why are we not doing that? To me, that's the secret sauce. Like that's how you manage your life. Manage your life like you are the CEO of your life. And as a CEO of my life, I'm a conglomerate today. You know? <laughs> I, have, I love it. I have a media outlet. I have a you know uh, uh, you know company I'm establishing, like a line of business. 
I have children who are my dependents and other dependents that fall in that line of business. And then I have a relationship. I have a spouse and they are different lines of business that I am managing. And I, if people laugh at me when I say this, but I'm like, that is literally, if you, if you are an individual that has all these pieces, that is the secret to life. And then like, if you only have one of those pieces, that's also not a bad thing. Now you are the CEO of that company or, you know, multiples, whatever it may be, but that is your world. And if now, you know, if you can expand, not expand, if you have to drop a product to launch a new product, right? Like you, you, you got to manage it like a CEO. I love it. A CEO of a conglomerate. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you described how you build your boundaries. I do that similarly. And I teach about it in line with your values, right? So all of my boundaries are tied to values and that's how I teach people to do it. And I just resonated uh, so much with what we just talked about. I love that you said that, that boundaries equal value. What's the value, right? And, you know, I'm going to say this because I feel like people will come to this crossroad. A lot of people feel selfish for doing that. And I think you have to understand what selfish means. I think that you have to come to terms with that because, you know, if you are handling, like I am a business, my, um, I also work and family, am I selfish? When I reflect back for pouring my life into my kids, when I do have free time, when you say it out loud, it's not right. And so, you know, that's what I was, and, and, and so that's very important. And I think like, understanding that is very important. You have to accept it internally. Yeah, completely agree. And I think what I find often as I coach executives, especially women executives, right? We're doing so many things for so many people um, and often not setting those boundaries for ourselves with whatever that means. It could be health, sleep, exercise. Sometimes it's even like eating. We're not eating uh, throughout the day. Those like just like table stakes kinds of things because we're serving so many other people. And so, yeah, I I think it's important to set out those boundaries just, just for you so that you can make the impact that you want in all the aspects of your life and build those boundaries that you know to be successful. Lots of that can help you prevent burnout because we're, we're probably yeah. more burned out when, than we even think. Agree. And also like, I'm going to use a working out because that's just so funny to me. If you're going to decide to incorporate working out in your life, also understand the ecosystem of your life. Like I would go crazy. Oh my God. Like I'm now going to decide to take running and I'm going to run half marathons and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But then I have all this other stuff. And then I have to like talk to myself like, hey, like if I want to work out right now in my the life situation that I have, then it's, you know, two times a week and that's okay right now. And, you know, the other times I'm focused on my clean eating because that's more controllable with the life I have. Right. If that's a goal. But like we don't do that enough, like people that are driven or overachievers or set a goal like we just go all in. And I think it's okay to know that you don't have to go all in working out three times a week is just as good, maybe even healthier. (laughs) You know, I had to learn that my workouts can't just all be like running and hit workouts. I have a crazy life. So to me, the value of working out shifted to meditation, yoga, right? And more 
reflective workouts because now I am taking time for myself and decompressing. And that's not what everybody else needs. It's just what I need with my life. That's right. And I think to your point, like the all in mentality, I think that sometimes kind of the perfectionists have is an all or nothing. It's like, I have to go big. Yes. And, and then if we don't, if we don't meet it, then we've failed and we just won't do anything. <laughs> so right. I think you're, to your point, it's the, what's the manageable, the manageable thing, set some actual realistic expectations. And we're, and then some boundaries and systems around how to actually have that in, in that life that feels integrated to all of the other goals. hundred percent. Well, Manal, I have enjoyed our conversation so much and I know we're going to stay connected, but how should others connect with you? Yeah. So, um, LinkedIn, uh, is a great place to connect with me. Um, just, you know, uh, search for Manal Keen. There are not many or any Manal Keens in the world. <laughs> so, you know, that's a great place to reach me. Um, my podcast is available. It's called Power Up with Manal and it's available, uh, you know, wherever podcasts are um, heard, but it's also on uh, Market Scale uh, produces my podcast. So if you go to uh, Power Up with Manal Market Scale in Google, you will be able to get to my show page. And, you know, you can see, and I'll, I'll expand my podcast here eventually also. And then if anybody's looking to reach out to me, as I said, I, since I am the only Manal Keen in the world, I was lucky to get Manal Keen at gmail.com. And that is sort of my intro e- inbox. That's where, you know, um, requests come in and so forth. And so that's a great place to reach out initially. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, Instagram, I'm also Manal Keen on there, like, just type in Manal Keen, you'll find me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but those are sort of the places. And as I form my business, I'll, you know, start sharing my website and, you know, other emails that are easier to reach me at. Well, wonderful. And we'll put all of those in our show notes. I just wanted to thank you so much for sharing your story and your perspective and your thought leadership with us today, Manal. Yeah. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.